Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about Hashimoto's diet myths. And in fact, we're going to be debunking a lot of these myths. So I've had the advantage of treating thyroid patients for many years. I've treated, well, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of patients and had contact with easily thousands more through my supplements and blog and videos and so on. And I hear a lot of different things from thyroid patients. And a lot of the things I hear have to do with food, the food that you eat or the diet that you're consuming or whatever it is, as it relates to Hashimoto's and, and some of the things that people have or the thoughts that they have regarding food and how it impacts their body and their Hashimoto's. And so I found that some of these things are true. Some of them have kernels of truth, but are completely false, or, or they're not completely false, but there's some kernels of truth in them. And then other things which are just completely false. And so I wanna talk about some of these things that I've compiled over the years and hopefully make them make sense for you. So if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Childs. I'm an internist and I specialize in treating patients with thyroid conditions, helping people with hormone imbalances, and of course, helping people lose weight. But today is about Hashimoto's. And as I mentioned, we're gonna be talking about these diet myths or myths surrounding certain types of food and so on. Now, before I jump into these, I wanna quickly mention one thing, and that is it is really important that you understand Hashimoto's and a little bit about that condition. So I know you guys probably already know a little bit about it, especially if you have been diagnosed with this condition, but I at least wanna mention this. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease, okay? And it is a disease in which your own body attacks the thyroid. Now, what's a cool thing about that is that you can actually impact the disease state uh, through inflammatory levels and nutrition and, and various other aspects of uh, various other therapies. And one of those therapies includes your diet. So I don't want to throw out, I don't want you to think that diet is not something that can be seriously beneficial for treating Hashimoto's because it can be. Okay, so I wanna put that out there real quick. So let's talk about some of these myths. So the first myth is that some people believe this, is they think that changing your diet or changing my diet is all I need to do to heal Hashibotos. So if, if all I need to do is find the correct um, types of food that I'm consuming, the correct amounts, and I need to throw out certain foods, and maybe I can have rice, and no, it's not white rice, but it's brown rice, or but it's not, it's not rice or potatoes or whatever it is, but it is you know broccoli, but not kale, whatever it is. People try and tweak their diet ever so slightly all the time. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that is usually insufficient for most people by itself to heal Hashimoto's, okay? Now, don't misunderstand me. Diet is very important and should be a part of a comprehensive therapy plan, and it can have a seriously beneficial impact on Hashimoto's, but usually by itself, it is insufficient to heal Hashimoto's. And I would go as far as to say that there are some people that no matter how much they tweak their diet, no matter how many changes that they make, it's just not possible for them, their disease state to be reversed. Okay, so you should, you should be aware of that, especially people who have had it for a long period of time, especially people who have, you know, what is called an atrophic thyroid gland. It's really no longer working. So you should be aware of this. But again, I don't want you to believe that diet does not play an important role because it absolutely does. But typically by itself, it's insufficient to heal your condition um, completely. Now, what it should be, you know, the way that you uh, correctly use diet is you combine it with other things like medications. And by medications, I'm talking about hormones. So thyroid hormone, um, usually T4 plus T3. You can use them with supplements. Um, you can use it with LDN, you can use it with therapies designed to heal the gut and so on. But diet is an important part of this, but you'll notice it's not by itself. And now in my experience, most people who get, you know, they actually reverse their condition completely, do all of these things together, not just change their diet. Okay, so that's number one. Changing diet by itself is usually not enough to completely heal Hashimoto's. Number two is I will be able to eat like my friends. And you could put in there, 
when my when my Hashimoto's is under control or whatever, however you want to phrase it. But this, what I'm really trying to describe here is that people with Hashimoto's believe that at some point they'll be able to eat like their friends who do not have autoimmune disease. And that is just most likely not true for the majority of people. If you have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's or any other autoimmune disease, by the way, you're going to always have to be cognizant of the foods that you put into your mouth. So you can't look at it and you see your friends, let's say they're going out and they're having pizza or um, you know, drinking alcohol or whatever it is. They're, they're doing things on the weekend that, that, you would be, that you would want to do, right? You are not somebody who's gonna be able to partake in that type of food because it's impacting your body differently than it's impacting their body. And you are in a state of heightened sensitivity, if you will, compared to them, okay? So I don't want you to think that you'll be able to completely just eat like them at some point in the future. You will almost, most likely, always have to be very careful about the foods that you put into your mouth um, and in knowing that those foods will have an impact on your disease state. And if you have Hashimoto's, you probably know what I'm talking about. There are certain foods that you'll know that trigger you, or if you go out with your friends and you have, you know, you have some food that, at a restaurant or something like that, that following Monday or Tuesday, you really, you know, start to feel like crap. That's a, that sort of thing is very common among women and, and men actually who have Hashimoto's. So don't believe that you'll be able to eat like your friends do who do not have autoimmune disease. So that's number two. Number three is I don't have celiac disease, so I don't have to eat, or so I don't, uh, so I can't eat gluten. So basically, this this uh, concept misunderstands the difference between um, celiac disease, which is a gluten um, is basically an autoimmune disease to to gluten and gluten sensitivity. So you can think of celiac as an allergy um, versus the difference between gluten sensitivity. So what most people order for most doctors, they'll check for celiac disease. They'll see if you have the antibodies to, um, to components of, of gluten inside of your bloodstream, which indicates that you have that allergy or that immune mediated response. But there are plenty of people who, even if they have the, the negative testing for celiac, still should avoid a gluten. And those are people who have gluten sensitivity. Um, so that is a, actually a fairly common um, occurrence among people or women, especially who have Hashimoto's disease. So for most people, uh, I would strongly recommend that no matter what, if you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, that you give yourself at least 90 days of gluten-free. And I'm talking about 100%, okay? So doing this 100% is usually enough to tell how, how much improvement you will see as you remove gluten from your diet. It may be that you can start to incorporate some glutinous foods back after 90 days. Um, it's unlikely, uh, but it does happen. I have seen it before. Um, and so that is a possibility for you. But most people, I'd say the majority, in fact, greater than 50% of people who have Hashimoto's see significant improvement when they remove gluten, even if they have negative tests for celiac disease, okay? So remember the difference between celiac disease and gluten sensitivity, all right, two, two separate things. Number four is everyone with Hashimoto's must avoid dairy 100%. So this is uh, something that I see a lot. And most people will say, well, if you have Hashimoto's disease, there are certain things you have to avoid. One of them is gluten, one of them is dairy, and usually soy. Soy. So those are the three things that people, three food groups that people will recommend that you avoid if you have Hashimoto's. And that's actually pretty good advice, I have to say. But I do want to point out that you may not have to avoid those foods, like I mentioned with gluten, um, and dairy is one of those, and uh, soy can be as well. But you don't necessarily have to avoid those foods 100% for the rest of your life. Okay, there are some people, with, especially when it comes to dairy, that they can have certain types of dairy. Not all dairy are, they're not all the same in terms of how they impact your body, the types of um, sugars or proteins that they have inside of them, the, the concentration of those proteins and sugars. Um, so some people can get away with different types of dairy, especially if you have Hashimoto's. 
It is, however, a good idea to be completely dairy-free when you first start. So if you remember when we were talking about gluten sensitive or gluten, avoiding gluten, I mentioned that most people, in fact, I would recommend all people with Hashimoto's avoid it for at least 90 days. And I'd recommend when you do that, just do it with dairy as well. And then slowly incorporate certain types of dairy, especially like the hard cheeses tend to be more, um, people tend to re respond to those and tolerate those better than the liquid forms of dairy. So you might be able to be somebody who, maybe maybe you can't have milk, but yes, you can have some hard cheeses and things like that. But you'll, you'll have to play around with that. But just assuming that you have to avoid dairy for the rest of your life, is probably not true. Number five, this is another uh, important one that I see a lot, and that has to do with which diet is best for Hashimoto's. So like I said, people do know that you can impact Hashimoto's through the foods that you eat, right? The, the foods that you put into your body. And most people kind of have an idea as to what they think is the best diet for that. And a lot of people will say that the AIP diet is the best or the single most effective or single best diet um, at reversing Hashimoto's or at treating Hashimoto's. And if you don't know what AIP stands for, it stands for autoimmune paleo or autoimmune protocol, um, usually one of those two. But really, it's a very strict a strict form of paleo. Okay, it has a it'll, it requires you to remove uh, various types of food groups, and it basically whittles down the amount of foods that you can eat, removes the most reactive type of foods, um, and it's really kind of like a strict elimination diet in a sense. And many people who do go on this diet actually do see significant improvement. But I want to tell you here that not everybody who has Hashimoto's has to go on AIP. In fact, I have many patients who just do the gluten, dairy, soy-free thing that I mentioned previously who do very well. I have patients who do, have the autoimmune, or I'm sorry, patients who do the elimination diet who do very well. I have patients who do the ketogenic diet with Hashimoto's that do really well. So don't assume that just because you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's that you must get on the AIP diet and you must stay on this diet for the rest of your life. In fact, I would say that's a recipe for not doing very well long-term because you can actually cause issues if you've been using the AIP diet for a significant period of time. In fact, you have to sort of add various food groups back in or at least it's wise to so you don't develop sensitivity to some of those foods. So don't assume that you have to be on the AIP diet. There are plenty of other diets that can work, but a lot of that has to do with picking the right diet and a lot of picking the right diet has to do with how severe or how intense your Hashimoto's is. So if you think about it on a spectrum, some people will be much more severe than other people. So if you tend to have a, let's say a, a mild to moderate form of Hashimoto's, you might be able to get away with just dairy, gluten, or soy free, something like that. But if you have multiple autoimmune diseases and you've had Hashimoto's for 10 years, well, that's gonna change things, right? You're probably gonna wanna be a little more intense and strict on the diet that you choose. And maybe AIP makes sense in that case. But what will happen is you'll have a lot of those, those people who have done the AIP diet and they'll make recommendations for everyone else and say, you gotta do what I did. And you, that's just not necessarily true. Um, but like I said, there's a kernel of truth in there as well. So I want to hear from you guys. Have you been making any of these mistakes? Have you, you know, uh, fallen victim to any of these myths? Uh, if so, I want to hear about it. Leave your comment, leave your experience below. Um, and if you like this sort of information, don't forget to download my free thyroid PDF resources. I have tons of information just like this, all designed to help thyroid patients, um, especially those with Hashimoto's, but those who do not have a thyroid um, and people with all types of thyroid conditions as well. So if you haven't already, make sure you download those and uh, otherwise I will see you guys in the next one.